On episode 85 of the new 8 Days of Geek podcast, Pokemon Go lets you change your colors, legendary lands in Oz, and Samsung's new toys. Stay tuned. to another episode of the new eight days of geek podcast i'm your host jesse miller and joining me as always the man who used another man's hands to play the resican flute sean scott nothing i didn't even get that one (laughs) (laughs) okay so if you um let's see here (laughs) If you if you look up the man who used another man's hands to play the Resican flute, if you remember right, the Resican flute is the flute that Captain Picard plays in. Uh, Captain Picard plays right, uh, so I don't I don't look, get the. Uh, if you look at a video or a, or a gif of Captain Picard playing the Resican flute, you'll realize that since uh, Patrick Stewart didn't know how to play the flute, they actually had another person holding the flute playing it out of scene while Patrick Stewart just sat there and blew into it making funny faces. <laughs> okay. And once you watch it, you will never be able to unsee that. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So yeah. yeah, I had I mean, I had no prior knowledge of that, so I figured I that reference that just went down. right over my head. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to. That these are supposed to be very, uh, very highbrow. Very, you have to think about them, Sean. Yeah, because that's what I want to do. It, you know, nine. No, it's not even nine in the morning say, anymore. We've been on here forever. <laughs> yeah, we're we're running a little behind, so it's actually more closer to the middle of the day. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and get into it. On the note of running late, uh, you are responsible for the blurbs today. Yep, just some uh, random uh, TV news. Uh, the first one here is really just rumors. Um, CW did renew all of their um, DC, uni- you know, the Arrowverse television shows for next season. However, uh, recently it has been leaked. Um, I don't know exactly where the rumors began, but uh, a source here for we've got this covered.com uh, saying that after next season, it's very likely that both Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow will be canceled. Um, and I believe they're citing a statement from someone at DC who or, or CW who said that the Arrowverse will be drastically different after the Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline takes place next year so uh uh, that's where this is all coming from you know arrow's been on tv for i believe seven or eight seasons at this point so um and uh i heard that uh 
either in this article or in another one I read about this, that Legends of Tomorrow might be like one of the more expensive shows to produce. And then actually, just before we started recording, while I was just scrolling through my phone, I read an article that uh, a blog somewhere where they had said that Supergirl might also be on the chopping block as well and could potentially be replaced by a Superman-based series with the guy who has been portraying Superman on the the Supergirl series at this point, so uh, you can expect maybe a a good shakeup in the uh, Arrowverse on on the CW after the 2019-2020 broadcast year. But uh, as for right now, everything is safe through next season, and and the Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline is probably where we'll see a lot of this take place. Awesome. <clears throat> So the next blurb, uh, just uh, another quick note, uh, moving from DC to the Marvel universe. And that is that Netflix has completed the purge as the Hollywood reporter puts it of the, uh, Marvel television series, both Jessica Jones and The Punisher were given their official cancellations by Netflix. So, uh, you know, that, uh, that kind of ends there. That ends their partnership, you know, uh, essentially, at least when it comes to all of the Netflix originals. Those were the last two standing. Wonderful. Well, they got to move, got to move old stuff out, new stuff in. How many seasons had uh, uh, The Punisher? I know it's a little younger than Jessica Jones, I think. Do you know how many seasons it had? Oh, the Punisher. You know what? I didn't watch the Punisher. I think it got through two seasons. Uh, the third season of Jessica Jones finished production, which will still air. Um, but yeah, I don't see it right here about the, the Punisher. So I think it had two. Um, but you know, they, they're, you know, uh, Everything's moving to the Disney streaming service, you know. Now, these characters won't because uh, as part of the contractual obligations, and we actually discussed this in a in a previous episode, like these particular characters can't appear anywhere for like two years, I believe. But, um, you know, Netflix has to really end it. I mean, what's the point at this point, you know? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Gotcha. Alrighty. Well... Let's move on. Gaming. Uh, so, did uh, let's see your your team blue on Pokemon, aren't you? No, I'm no. red. I'm red. Oh God, you're one of those people. Freaking red! I can't believe you. Anyway, well, you have a chance if you'd like to pretty soon anyway to remedy that situation because I know that you probably hate it on Team Red. Everybody who's Team Red hates themselves. <laughs> Um, no, when I played, I did not hate myself for being on Team Red. I, I, I was very loyal, um, but I don't. I have not. Uh, the last time I played that game was when you and I played it on on the podcast when they initiated the the update that allowed you to battle one another. I haven't oh. turned. I haven't turned it on since. Wow. So Holy yeah. Cow. They lost me. Uh, I was it was it was too little, too late, and 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 I'm I'm I basically I'm done at this point. Hmm. That's that's freaking crazy. You think you'll pick it back up before too long? Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, especially when it comes to mobile games. 
I uh, I haven't picked up Fallout Shelter. Uh, you know, like I, I played it constantly for a while, and then yeah, it's still on my phone, but I haven't played it. In fact, I don't even think I've played it since I switched over to this new phone. It was just one of the apps that I transferred over when I had my old phone, you know, when I switched from the S5 to the S9. So probably not just because, you know, unless something crazy happens, but it just, it just got too, it just got too much, you know, like there was, there was too much to try to follow along with and too much to try to collect and variations of this and variations of that. And, uh, it, yeah, it just became, it, it became too much for me. <laughs> so much easy. It's so much, it's so much less stressful to not play Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So. Um, if you are a self-hating red person, a lonely yellow person, or, you know, us blue people, we don't have to worry about this. But uh, you're going to have the ability on the 26th, that's a couple days after, well, the day after this airs, um, to buy a coin. Uh, it's it's called a team medallion. 1,000 coins in the shop. That's that's a that's a lot of coins. I don't think I've ever had that many coins at one time. Um, but it will allow you. I don't know. To switch now you make me team. wonder how many coins I've had or how many coins I even have. I don't remember. I don't have many right now, but it's because I use them every time I get them. So I'm gonna turn the game on and find out. Oh, this is the boy. first time I've turned the game on in forever. We got Sean back into it. <laughs> oh, look at that load screen. That's fun. Oh, is that the one with the pictures? Them taking a picture of the Pokemon? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Mime and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, an, it's a new option in the AR section where you can take a picture of Pokemon. Um, you know, and well, you take you put a Pokemon into a picture that you're taking, basically. You know, like a little AR um, version of Pikachu sitting on your shoulder or something. Right, something silly. I it's not for me, but some I, people like it. I currently have 708 coins. Jesus. <laughs> I have 279, and I thought that was crazy. Oh, my gosh, man. And now I'm shutting it down. <laughs> oh, boy. So on the 26th, you will be able to buy the team medallion. It lets you switch your team. <clears throat> now, you can only buy this once a year, but it will allow you to switch to whatever team you want to switch to. So if you... Got anxious when Pokemon Go came out. Pick the team. You don't like your team or uh, all your friends are on a different team and you just didn't know it. Go ahead. Buy the coin. Swap your team. All's right in the world. You know, um, we probably all need to just come over to Team Blue anyway, but that's OK. You know. So, uh, I like that they're doing this. It's it's kind of nice, you know. It, it sucks. Yeah, I it guess. Sucks that it I mean, costs a thousand coins to do it. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of money grabby, but oh well. No, imagine that. It's their game, I guess. Oh. All right. Um, so they each, we, we talked about the Oculus Quest. Uh, I don't know how many episodes ago, a couple. And the fact that it was basically a VR headset that was standalone, didn't need a computer, uh, it's pretty much the, you know, what we've been waiting for in the VR realm. What we've been waiting for? We've been like, waiting for it. Like I've been, you as well, just you sitting well. here with bated breath. Yeah, waiting for the waiting for a tetherless 
all-in-one VR headset that's worth a darn. Because that's been my stance on VR this whole time. Yep. And not that it's ridiculously expensive and completely uh, ridiculous at this point. Yep. That's exactly what I'm saying. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, okay. Um, Thanks for informing me of my own opinion. Hey, any, any time, any time. So the Vive Focus Plus is uh, a headset from HTC. And basically, let me see if I can get to there. I've got a, I've got a uh, Engadget article here. But I want to get some specs on it. Hey, look at that. They're right there. Isn't that nice? Vive China. Mm, no. <laughs> That's going to be a little hard to read. <laughs> so basically, the Plus, the, the Vive Focus is a standalone VR headset from HTC. But the controllers, <coughs> pardon me, that it had, um, it was less than stellar. It was kind of uh, the, the Oculus Go. Where it had the like the one little touch controller. It wasn't actually like uh, you know VR motion controllers for your hands, things like that. Uh, it's it, it wasn't awesome. So the plus basically gives you the all-in-one headset, no tether, and hand tracking motion controllers. Um, you know the six degrees of freedom controllers. They look super weird. Uh, they're like two sticks with the circles on the end of them, but um, it's it's a step in the right direction. I was wondering what HTC was going to do to answer the Oculus Quest, and this seems to be the direction they're going. Uh, there was a part of the article that actually says that it's uh, like they use ultrasound to measure uh, movement and everything in the controllers. That's new. I don't think anyone else does that right now, so... It'll be interesting to see how a- accurate they really are in comparison to the HTC Vive that we're all used to at this point. Um, see, the uh, the headset's powered by a Qualcomm Snapdragon 835. Um, it's, you know, I mean, that's a pretty powerful little chip. So, uh, I don't know. The one thing I really... You know, with VR, you have to have good tracking. You have to have a comfortable headset. But above all, and this I think will do pretty good, above all, you have to have a decent display. Because your eyeballs are, you know, like right against the display. So your computer monitor is at a certain resolution, and you probably don't notice the pixels. It probably looks fine to you, especially if you have one of the higher resolution monitors. But man, even that resolution, if you're strapping your monitor to your face you start to see the pixels pretty quick i have a uh, original htc vive headset and i mean if you're if you pull yourself out of the game and just look at the screen and notice as the screen instead of kind of looking through it uh, you can see pixels so uh the new display on this is 20 let's see 2880 by 1600 amoled that's uh, about 3K, not 4K, but about 3K. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, no, no price yet, but uh, let's hope that they can get it close to the 399 of the Oculus Quest. Fingers crossed. It'd be nice to have some uh, competition in that space. And you, you're telling me that if you could have an all-in-one VR 
headset, controllers, no computer necessary, no extra anything. For $400, you wouldn't do it? I mean, you're you're getting there like it's you know it's getting there uh i mean i don't you know how long it took me before i even bought my xbox one uh and i'm sure i don't i don't think i i mean i can't i don't even know how much how much did they originally um you know debut at price point wise i think about 400 but they're so, uh, like uh, 250 now, I think. Right. So I'm sure I didn't buy it when it was 400 bucks. You know what I mean? Uh, so it, there, it's going to have to get down into this, into the range of what I would pay for, you know, a, a console. Uh, and, and even then, I don't know because, you know, it's almost like splitting my. I have very limited game time and things like that, you know, that I, I, I just don't feel like I can devote that much money to something that I'm not going to spend, but a few minutes on here and there. Um, and so with, you're talking about investing in like a whole new system with a whole new, you know, it's not like I'm going to be able to play fallout on, on this thing or, uh, you know, the games that I've been playing. So, um, I don't know about spending that kind of money and, and investing in a whole new system. That's just not, compatible with any of the stuff that I'm already familiar with game wise and whatnot. Mm. I don't know. That's a big decision, man. I very much doubt it. I, I still, I just, I just don't know. <laughs> All right. I just don't see the need for it at this point. I'm just not that big of a gamer. I think. Gotcha. Uh, well, we got to figure out, <clears throat> I guess you're just a TV person because a long time ago, I thought you were a TV person and a gamer, and now I've come to realize you're not much of a gamer, so you must just be a TV guy. I really enjoyed when I had the time to play the game, you know, like I really enjoy Fallout and Elder Scrolls and things like that, but uh, I just uh, I just don't find the time anymore to play them, so. Hmm. Okay. Well, speaking of Fallout, there is a new roadmap out for Fallout 76. Uh, any improvements they make will be... <laughs> much appreciated uh but they're not going to make it i have a feeling they're not going to improve the one complaint that i have over every other complaint so yeah that the game sucks what (laughs) subjectively it's not awesome (laughs) (laughs) but my biggest complaint about fallout 76 has been the graphics from the very beginning everything else i can kind of work around but the graphics are just abysmal I mean, they're worse than... They're like Fallout 3 graphics. You know? That, I mean, that's not cool. So, um, so they released a roadmap for 2019. We've got uh, several different seasons or packs or whatever you want to call them coming out. Uh, the first one will be spring of 2019. Um, it'll be, uh, let's see here, March 12th. It's called Wild Appalachia. Uh, let's see here. We got new quests. So you got several new quest lines coming in. Uh, let's see here. You have uh, what's called a legendary vendor. Uh, so you can get like legendary gear and stuff. It's a couple uh, a couple online games kind of have these. Like uh, Destiny 2, the legendary vendor would be Zur. Um, it's a character that kind of zips around the map every once in a, every couple days, and if you find him, you can buy like super high quality gear from him. That's nothing new, but sure, I mean, might be cool. Uh, let's see here, new uh, new camp decorating, player vending, and a functional camera. 
Um, the camera wasn't great in the original, uh, you know, in the first first versions of this sucker. Um, brewing and distilling. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, go on a new quest to discover the secrets of for the forbidden brew, Nuka Shine. <laughs> Nuka Shine. I like that. Yeah. So I mean, that might be fun. Uh, let's see here. A new seasonal event called the Fast Fastnacht Parade. I don't know. Um, it's basically a, an event where you can, if you participate in some of the events' features, you can actually like get special uh, rewards like masks and clothes and stuff. And then uh, this is uh, the pack where we also get the new survival mode that we talked about in a previous episode, where it is basically no holds barred, welcome to the Thunderdome bitch kind of stuff, where you don't have the um, multiplayer handicap of, you know, somebody shoots you, damage is reduced, and you can have a chance to run away unless you shoot back, in which case you're engaged in PvP. With the survival mode, you are always engaged in PvP, 100%. So, you know. Um, you're supposed to get, I think you get better rewards, um, new challenges, all kinds of stuff on that. So, eh, I don't know. I, seems like a, seems like it'd just be a, just a shitty place to play. <laughs> I guess I'm just not used to Fallout games being so PVP. Um, but oh well. Anyway, uh, the next pack we're getting is, and this is ironically named, it comes in summer of 2019. However, it's called Nuclear Winter. Um, they say that it's an entirely new way to play that changes the rules of the wasteland. Hmm. They don't give you any more details other than that. What's well, called nuclear winter. So like, I feel like it's probably going to be something where you're, I don't know, continually yeah. taking radiation damage maybe. Or it's going to be just cold. You think? Uh, very possible. And now you have to wear like, you know, warm clothing because uh, you don't want to freeze to death. You take damage if you get too cold or something. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it could be a lot of different things. They're very vague on that one. Um, you will be getting new vault raids, vaults 96 and 94. Um, one of those, if I remember correctly, are a pacifist religious group. The other one is a, uh, like a, almost, I don't know, I don't want to say Matrix-esque but it's like a, a an embryo form, farm, basically. It's kind of creepy. Um, and then also you'll have a new prestige system that allows players above level 50 to become legendary. Resetting their characters with all new powerful abilities in order to squash noobs and such. Uh, and the last one, Wastelanders, releases in fall 2019. It, it gives us no feature list. Just simply says, embark on a tale with true choice and consequences in Wastelanders. And it says it's the biggest and most ambitious update for Fallout 76. We'll include main quest, a new main quest line, new factions, new events, and new features, and even more surprises. Unless it fixes the graphics, you're wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I need to log in to Fallout 76 and just poke around again. Who knows? All right. So hopefully, fingers crossed, Fallout 76 doesn't suck as bad next year as it does, or suck as bad this year as it did last year. I'm still living in 2018. (sighs) 
I have to tell you something, Trevor. It's time for TV news. Okay, Sean, what you got? All right, the first thing we've got here is probably something that could have gone up in the blurbs, but since I already had two stories up there, I figured we'd just start with it today. Uh, and that is Netflix has announced a premiere date for the second part of season five of Arrested Development. So, uh, you know, this is something I know we've talked about uh, over the course of the show as as they've done their Netflix original portions of it, you know, uh, and season five, I believe the first half was released last year. Um, I think it was six episodes, maybe eight episodes. Um, the, the, the last half here, it will be five, eight, eight episodes and will debut on March 15th. So if you're an arrested development fan, um, you can expect that to drop in you know, what day is today. I don't even know what our, it's the 24th, so what's that, about three weeks from now? Uh, I know. I don't even remember watching the first half of season five. Are you – do you watch this show? You watch this show, right? I watched I watched one season, and it was, it was almost just too much for me. <laughs> oh, really? See, I thought – for some reason, I thought you watched this show, too. Um yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and double check. Uh, I'm not even positive that I watched the first half of season five, but I can't imagine that I didn't. It's just this is one of those shows that I, I feel like I, I would have watched immediately. And that's probably what I probably watched it immediately. It was only six or eight episodes and I watched it in one night and I just can't even recall it at this point. But um, I'm going to have to double check that today and make sure that I watched it. But if I didn't, then. Hey, I've got the entire thing to watch when it finally debuts in a couple weeks. So, yippee! I, you should I might watch. Have to... You should watch it. I don't. I. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you mean by too much. You know. I mean. I guess. I guess. I do know what you mean. Like, it's definitely a show where they ask you to like pay attention. You know. Uh, well, no, it's, it's not it's, even it, that. It's uh, just almost too stupid. Oh, I don't know about that. I I don't know when people when people are so unbelievably oblivious to their own shortcomings in film. I actually like I mean, it makes me twitchy. <laughs> I I, just, I don't know if I don't know if I'd call it stupid. Like it's not stupid. It's a very smart show, you know. Uh, but uh, I get what you're saying. It's absurd. Uh, it's very absurd. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, still, I think you should give it a chance. It's it's a really good show. Hmm. Maybe. We'll see. All right. The next story we've got here is that Legendary Entertainment, uh, who I feel like we've talked about many, many times in episodes, uh, has a development deal uh, in place to develop a TV series set in the land of Oz from the L. Frank Baum novel. Um, I find this kind of neat, you know, uh, like there's not a whole lot of stuff out there other than like the wizard of Oz, you know what I mean? I, I feel like it's, a. um, um 
a world that hasn't been that a lot of extra stuff hasn't been done in it before. You know what I mean? Uh, it's only been like the the main story told a couple times. You know, sure. um, and when they do other things, uh, they seem to be successful. You know, Wicked is a is a is a is a hit. You know, musical and everything. And and so I think this could be cool. It just depends on on what Legendary does with it. You know, um, so the untitled series. Is, is coming from Ed Rycourt, who will write and produce, and it will examine stories and characters in Oz that haven't been previously explored. So basically, you know, they're kind of like taking the setting, you know, of The Wizard of Oz, and then they're going to do their own thing, essentially. Um, it says, when the return of a long-exiled witch brings fear, division, and ward Oz, the only hope is a servant girl who may become the most powerful and dangerous woman in the land. Um... Let's see. Dimitri Johnson and Stephen Bougage of DJ2 Entertainment will executive produce. Uh, let's see. Rycourt previously co-wrote the story and screenplay for the sh- the film Now You See Me and the sequel in 2016. He also worked on Wayward Pines and Jessica Jones. So, oh, and then uh, Rycourt's also writer-producer on the upcoming Raising Dion on Netflix and worked on the upcoming reboot of The Twilight Zone. So uh, that's a lot of a lot of good stuff in there, some Marvel stuff, the upcoming Twilight Zone. I'm excited to see that. And I enjoyed those movies. Now you see me. Uh, you know, those were the those are the magic movies, right? With Woody Harrelson. And, yeah, <clears throat> those uh, are good movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy those. So it sounds like it's got a good pedigree behind it. Um, you know, it, it just kind of depends on whether they go, you know, like real dark with it or 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 what. So there's no network or anything attached to this at any point at any point that I've seen. Um, but uh, it sounds it sounds interesting. I would I would take a look at it. You know, uh, the the Oz universe sounds like a fascinating place to set a television series. Yeah, I mean. I actually, I like, um, there's been several stories that I've read um, that have to do with Oz. You know, I was uh, a big fan of seeing the before and after of The Wizard of Oz, for instance. Uh, so when the great Oz the Great and Powerful came out and had um, mm-hmm. James Franco and, oh gosh, I can't remember many of the other people. Zach Braff, I think, was in it. Um, but that okay. was awesome because it was a prequel to the Wizard of Oz. It was talking about when the wizard originally made his way to Oz and, you know, as the turn of the Wicked Witch when she became the Wicked Witch, things like that. That was cool. And then I read a series of books called Dorothy Must Die. And what it is, is it's after the Wizard of Oz where Dorothy has taken over and become corrupt with power. And now someone else comes See, into Oz cool. and has to dethrone her. So yeah, that sounds cool. I like I like that idea. So so yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I'm that I'm I think would be really neat. You know, if they if they pursue something like that, a direction like that, I think uh, I think uh, the setting for the Land of Oz could be uh, could be pretty cool. Oh so. hell yeah, I'd give it a shot for sure. All right, the next story we've got here is another classic uh, fantasy sci-fi uh, novel, and this is one that I'm not too familiar with, and that's Aldous Aldous Huxley's A Brave New World. Have you ever read the book? 
Uh, it sounds really familiar, but no, I have not. Same here. It sounded familiar to me, but I've never read it. Uh, so, um, you know, I just it just popped into my feed because of, you know, fantasy sci-fi, you know, books and stuff like that. But it's a apparently it was a series that was a they were originally trying to adapt for television for the sci-fi network. Uh, and then and that was back in 2015. And now it has been moved over to their sister network, which is USA, which is, a, I guess, a larger production, you know, scale. And so the USA network has given a straight to series order to a brave new world, which is of course based on the Aldous Huxley novel. And this is going to come from, uh, uh, it'll be written by David Weiner from Homecoming and Grant Morrison and Brian Taylor, who are both the guys who are working on Happy, which I know you uh, do watch that show. And I think Happy is one of the neatest new you know shows that i've watched recently in the last say year or so um so with somebody you know with two of those guys from that show behind this it could be it could be pretty cool yeah i absolutely adore happy so uh I, it'll be interesting to see what they do i'm reading a kind of a synopsis um uh, here yeah, uh, the novel A Brave New World is apparently a utopian society that's achieved peace and stability through the prohibition of monogamy, privacy, money, family, and history itself. So uh, it sounds more like a dystopian future, you know what I mean? Uh, but I guess they've achieved a utopian society by banning all of these things. Um, you know, they give a, a long, detailed description here of the actual story behind the book, but it's, you know, it apparently takes place in New London, um, you know, and it is people who've lived there under these rules and think it's normal meet somebody who you know, is an outsider and then come to realize that their shit's been all fucked up for a while. That's essentially what I get out of the description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. So USA, I'll say, uh, you know, USA original television is, is, is pretty good. You know, everything that they, in fact, we'll talk about some more USA original, uh, later in the, in the podcast. Um, but, uh, I've always been a fan of, you know, dating back since the USA was doing like Burn Notice and, and you know, White Collar and, and those shows. So the fact that they've got something like this, which is more sci-fi edged, that's that's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, it's definitely something I would look into. All right. From USA to Nickelodeon. Uh, Nickelodeon has struck a deal with CBS TV Studios to create a new animated Star Trek television series. So there's already been, you know, a, an animated Star Trek way back in the day. Have you ever seen the original animated Star Trek with the, the original cast? I have seen bits and pieces. It is not a good show. <laughs> it's not good at all. It is not a good show. Um, but uh, it, 
I think this is a great idea because this is kind of expanding the the Star Trek brand. And you know, for me, for somebody who's a Star Trek person, you know, I, I like to see this happen. Um, you know, I think it's something that definitely helped Star Wars a lot. You know, uh, George Lucas was a marketing genius. You know, that's what the Ewoks were for and stuff like that. You know, it was it was it was to sell all this stuff to to kids, and you know, it basically made Star Wars a part of every kid's life. So I think a deal with Nickelodeon to create a uh, Star Trek animated series for younger viewers. Uh, we, you know, you and I talked um, not too long ago about how they are going to do a Star Trek series that was um, you know, the, by one of the guys from Rick and Morty that's going to be an adult-oriented, you know, show. And and I thought that was a really cool way to, again, you know, expand the Star Trek universe. Uh, and this time they're going to be taking it to Nickelodeon and expanding it to really young kids, you know, young viewers and, and raising them on Star Trek just like I was. So I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> Got to bring more people into your fray, huh? Right. So this is coming from Alex Kurtzman. And uh, let's see, the writers are going to be Kevin and Dan Hageman. These are guys behind Troll Hunters and Ninjago. So those are pretty uh, successful animated children's series. Um, they will be – no, there is no concept yet to be revealed. So um, it's envisioned as a major tentpole series for Nickelodeon under their new president. So there's basically no details and we don't know, you know – what it's going to be about or anything, but it will be the first, I believe they said the first program that's being developed like outside of the CBS all access, you know, because the, uh, the show that we just mentioned a second ago, the, the adult themed one, as well as the new captain Picard series that's being developed, uh, and the star Trek discovery that's already on, uh, those are all CBS all access. And this is going to go outside of that. And, and they're going to take it to, to, to Nickelodeon where they know they're going to be able to reach more younger viewers awesome i'm you know they mention um in this article the lower decks that's what i'm yes. looking forward to yeah that's so yeah that's the uh, the adult the adult themed uh, star trek uh, uh program so yeah like but but i mean how cool is that going to be like when you walk into the room one day and like you know your daughter is watching nickelodeon and she's sitting there watching star trek like an animated like little kid star trek show that's awesome yeah that'd be cool i tried to get her into star wars at one point and she uh she didn't mind it she liked it okay i don't know We'll have to see. All right. The final story we've got here is moving to Hulu. So from CBS All Access and Nickelodeon, we're moving to Hulu. And it was revealed this week that four new animated TV series are in the works from Marvel Television and Hulu – which may sound a little odd because I know, you know, most of the Marvel stuff is leaving Netflix and uh, Netflix will, of course, be joining with Disney and the Disney Plus streaming service. But they do own part 
of Hulu. And as we've discussed previously, it, it, they've they've hinted in the past that the more adult content or the more adult themed content may reside at Hulu uh, instead of Disney Plus, where it might not be as welcome amongst their very traditional Disney values. So four new animated series are in the works from Marvel Television and Hulu, and they're starring, as they put it here on Marvel.com, notably oddball Marvel characters. And uh, the main one that I wanted to talk about here is specifically because of who has been tapped to, uh, to, to write this show is that Marvel will be doing a Howard the Duck uh, television series, and they have asked Kevin Smith to be writer, producer, and director of this of this series. So I think that's you know that's pretty cool. That's Kevin Smith finally getting a, a you know a job in the Marvel universe. You know, uh, what do you think? I mean, I think that I think ha- Howard the Duck is kind of the perfect the perfect thing for him. You know, um, it's definitely an adult themed title that uh, that seems suited for his brand of humor. Sure. I mean, Howard the Duck is, I mean, built for Kevin Smith as far that that's built for Kevin Smith like Deadpool is built for uh, Ryan Reynolds. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, so I'm thinking, you know, hey, this is this is potentially like, like, like exactly what you said, like very, very good, you know, perfect casting here, perfect, uh, you know, choice for writer, producer, director. I just don't know, you know, I've never seen Kevin's never, you know, written, produced, and directed a, 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 a full television series, you know, full scripted series. There was the Clerks animated series that was canceled after very few episodes on television, um, but other than that you know comic book men was a reality show that was on amc which was of course a great show but it centered around the comic book store and you know kevin was there doing a a podcast segment and whatnot but it wasn't like he was writing a scripted series or anything so um i'm just it'll be interesting to see you know how this whole thing plays out uh but i think it is like the perfect the perfect uh job for him in the marvel universe so And this quote here I love on the website, it says, uh, reflecting on what it means to tackle the story of Howard the Duck, uh, Smith told Marvel.com, the times we're living in deserve an orator who can identify all of the quacks in the system, a straight shooter who won't leave us holding the bill. (laughs) Thanks to Marvel and Hulu, I get to do foul things to one of my all-time favorite comic book characters in animation. Let's be honest, I'm not talented enough to handle any of the Avengers, but Howard is definitely in my wheelhouse. However, the real brains of our operation is a legit cartoon genius, the great meatwad himself, Aqua Teen Hunger Force's Dave Willis. So prepare to get ducked hard. And that's the other guy who's with Kevin on this show, is that Kevin will write, produce, direct... And Dave Willis, who is the co-creator of Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Squidbillies, uh, will also be a writer and executive producer. Um, so you got Kevin Smith. I mean, I love Aqua Teen Hunger Force, don't you? Uh, I have not watched it. You have never seen Oh, my I God. I never saw that. That's yeah, that's just disappointing. So yes, I, I think I think putting Kevin Smith together with the co-creator of Aqua Teen Hunger Force is 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 perfect for Howard the Duck. 
So I'm, I'm super excited for that. Uh, let's see the other shows that they had mentioned. Uh, I don't know if this article specifically says it, but, uh, there was one, they don't list all four of the shows. I guess you got to follow the link here at the top into this specific article about all four announcements. So there's, you're going to have, uh, in addition to Howard, the duck, we've got, uh, meet Marvel's the offenders. So I guess they're going to make all these four shows and then they're going to be their version of, you know, the Avengers or whatever. And it's called the offenders. And you've got Modoc, hit monkey, Tigra, dazzler and Howard, the duck are all getting animated shows. And so the only other one that I'm familiar with outside of, Howard in that list is Modoc. Like I've, I've, I'm, I'm familiar with him from from many uh, different Marvel animated series as well, and from the comic books. The very few that I've, you know, seen or read. But those are the four different animated series, and apparently it's going to be, a, you know, uh, I don't know what you want to call it when they group them together like that, like they did with, you know, the defenders on Netflix, like their four original series, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and they called them the defenders and then, you know, sure. and I don't, I don't know if the offenders is actually something from comic books either, you know, um, if that's something that already existed in the Marvel universe or if that's just a name they're giving to these shows, but hmm. all right. Super cool. <clears throat> Let's see here. Tech news. So Samsung released some new phones. Yay. <laughs> I, they're big slabs of meddling glass at this point. Every single freaking one of them. So let's uh, let's go over them. I'm going to hammer this out pretty quick. <clears throat> they uh, This Mobile World Congress is happening right now. So it's a lot of cell phone news. After a while, you kind of almost get tired of cell phone news because there's just no innovation in most of it anymore. Um, so they released three of their announced four phones, basically. Uh, of those, you have the Galaxy S10, the S10 Plus, and the S10e. Uh, the... So here the S10 Plus obviously is just a big Galaxy S10. You know, there's nothing uh nothing crazy about that. Uh let's see here the S10 is the S10. So I'll ramble off some stuff on that one. You got uh 3400 milliamp hour battery, comes in either 128 gigs or two 512 gig versions and has a memory card slot. Snapdragon 855 processor, 8 gigs of RAM. Um, it has the their dual aperture camera, you know, like they had on the uh, on the on the I guess the S9 was the first phone to have that. So uh, the big, the one of the big I'll give it innovations is that it is a notch phone without a notch. So we're, we've caught we've kind of. Uh, you know, given all kinds of phones crap because they've added a notch in the top to house the camera and everything like that. Samsung. Have we? I don't even know what you're talking about. What do you mean? Well, you know, like um, if you look at an iPhone 10 or a Google Pixel, the screen goes from one edge of the phone to the other, top and bottom, left and right. But on the very top in the middle of the screen, there's typically a dead spot uh, oh, just okay. cut out for the 
you know, the earpiece and the cameras and things like that. Um, so th- that's what we call the notch. Every phone nowadays is getting a notch, except for the Galaxy series of phones. They didn't have a notch. Well, they've decided to put in a notch without actually putting in a notch with what they're calling the hole punch camera. It's basically a little black dot in your screen in the top corner that is the camera for the front, you know, camera and sensors. Hey, you know, it is an innovation. It keeps the notch out of it. I still don't. I don't know. I mean, the the screen area on the side of that camera that is closest to the bezel is useless. You're not going to show anything over in that corner. So as far as the screen being over there, I just don't understand why you... I, I don't get why that's necessarily better than just a notch. You know, because at least with the notch, it's in the middle of the screen, so you can put things on the left and right of the notch as... um you know, information, clock, and Wi-Fi signal, and things like that. But with this, it just makes that little spot of screen next to it kind of useless. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe it'll be better. It's hard to tell right now. Um, So, let's see here. We also have 6.1-inch display. That's on the, uh, the S10. The S10 Plus gives you a 6.4 inch display a 4100 milliamp hour battery Um, it's the one that comes in the one terabyte internal storage configuration so you could have a terabyte and a half of storage same processor uh, comes in 8 gigs and 12 gigs worth of ram configurations i would assume that once you uh, hit that one terabyte mark that's probably where you're going to end up getting your um, you know your 12 gigs of uh ram i i don't know i mean it'd be nice if uh all phones had that without being as unbelievably expensive as these are probably going to be i can't i can't even uh, i can't even imagine um this article i've got here from ars technica i don't think it has um i don't think it has a lot of pricing like details um on the the big ones i know it has some for the smaller ones here yeah so the uh the third phone is the smaller phone it's the galaxy s10e this is kind of a iphone x uh, iphone 10r kind of an option where it's you know the same basic design same basic feature set but it's a cheaper, a little bit cheaper phone. Uh, let me bring this up here. The uh, 10E is the smallest of all. Uh, 3,100 milliamp hour battery, so it's still got a really decent battery. Comes in 128 and 512 gigabyte storage <clears throat> with an expandable memory card slot. So that's, I mean, that's decent. Same processor, Snapdragon 855. Comes in 6 gigabytes and 8 gigabytes worth of RAM. Dual aperture camera, uh, and it comes with a 5.8 inch screen. Uh, it's dynamic AMOLED. Honestly, if I were to go out and buy one of these, I might just buy the 10E. I mean, it does. It seems like a decent little device. Uh, so the 10E is uh, starting at 750 dollars. So I. 
that's uh, that's the kind of money where you pretty much just go people to go f themselves, right, Sean? Right. <laughs> then again, I don't even know like how much my phone was at this point, you know, uh, because of the way that, that they're all broken down on your bill now, you know, I'm not even sure what I paid for this phone when I upgraded to it, but I'm sure it wasn't $700. Um, well, probably not. You bought that phone a little late in, yeah. in its life. So it, right. it probably wasn't that bad. Uh, it was probably still pretty decent, like five, 600 bucks, but yeah, I think you'd be surprised how much those end up costing you at the end. Sure. <clears throat> so, um, the S10 has three rear cameras. Uh, you get the wide angle and the telephone lenses. Um, but then it also has a 16 megapixel f2.2 ultra wide camera with a 123 degree field of view. Uh, <laughs> add more cameras. That'll make it better. <laughs> see, uh, also the camera can record HDR 10 plus video at 4k. And this is interesting in case, you were so vain that you felt you needed to be in 4K as well. Uh, it also has a 10 megapixel front-facing camera, uh, and the 10 and the 10 Plus can do 4K HDR on those as well. So, all you bloggers who want to blog in uh, or vlog in uh, 4K, you're you're right around the corner there. <laughs> uh, you're going to line up for one of these, right? Yep. Totally. No, no. I mean, based <laughs> on my current track record, I now have the Samsung, you know, S9. So I will upgrade around the time that like the S13 comes out, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's about right. That's about right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they they are nice devices. It's just I don't see a whole crazy amount of innovation here. It's just kind of an update. If you have an S9 or a Note, uh, what was it, the Note 10, I think, just came out? Note 9, maybe? That's uh, horrible that I can't remember that. That's Yeah, it's a Note 9 that just came out. That's right. right. <clears throat> if you've got one of those, I don't see much of a reason to upgrade right now. Uh, the features are nice and all, but, eh, you know, I, 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 I would wait and see. But that's to each his own. Uh, all of them will run uh, Android 9 Pi. Uh, so you got new updated Android coming in there. My favorite thing that I've got that I've heard, though, is that, you know, all these uh, Samsung phones have that Bixby button. It's a hardware button on the phone that activates Bixby on your yeah. phone. It's completely useless because nobody likes Bixby. Uh, Samsung. <laughs> I have never even activated mine. Exactly. Samsung is going to be um, unlocking that button to where, let's see here, unlock Bixby. So yeah, uh, let's see here. I, I'm trying to find if there's a, a release date on that. I saw it come across my feed. Um Oh, come on. Let's see here. So, this comes from Android Central. And it says here, if you have the Galaxy S8, S8 Plus, S9, S9 Plus, Note 8, or Note 9, 
running Android Pie, you'll be able to take control of the Bixby button once Samsung issues a software update that enables it. Um, you can't disable the button completely. Uh, and if you if you do customize it, it'll turn it to where you then double tap to activate Bixby if you ever, for some reason, want to do that. <laughs> um, let's see here. And they're saying that it'll be a shortcut to your favorite app or a shortcut to a quick command, which is kind of like a little macro in your phone. Hopefully that favorite app can be Google Assistant, because if not, (laughs) (laughs) they just need to make it to where you can assign that to Google Assistant and be done with it. Uh, Let Bixby die. (laughs) Okay, Uh, let's see. Other things they announced. We'll cram through these real quick here. Uh, New wearables. So Samsung's uh, got some Galaxy Buds. Um, I mean, they're wireless headphones. We've seen a billion of them. Uh, I believe these actually can charge off the new phones, however. Uh, so if you have an S10 and you flip it over on its front, it actually can, you put your butt, your earbud case on the back of the phone and it will charge your earbuds from the phone's battery. That's kind of cool. I mean, that's an interesting feature. I don't know how many times I'm putting my phone face down on a table, but, you know... Well, sounds neat. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, let's see here. So then we've got the <clears throat> Galaxy Tab S5e, uh, $400 Android tablet. I'm over Android tablets. Um, I think people in general are getting over tablets overall. Um, so there's not a whole lot in that one. Uh, full metal enclosure, 10.5-inch screen. Um Let's see Snapdragon Snapdragon 670 processor uh, which puts it a little behind some of the other tablets on the market but you know um 400 bucks so it is comparatively priced to a entry level iPad and Android in my opinion while I love the Android uh operating system and what it can do is still quite a ways behind Apple when it comes to tablets uh, they're very close in phones <clears throat> to the point where I don't think you can make a mistake going with either. But when it comes to a tablet, just get, unfortunately, just get an iPad because you'll get that Android tablet and then you'll kind of regret it. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it multiple times. So, All right. Let's see I, I'm going to try and be very not political with this one, but, you know, sometimes... Uh, <laughs> YouTube is uh, not a not a stranger to removing ads from people's videos, especially nowadays. It's kind of an ongoing joke in the YouTube community <clears throat> that a video will be demonetized. You know, so somebody shows something like, "Oh, this is getting demonetized instantly," and it does happen a lot because advertisers don't want to be uh, associated with something that's in the video, either it you know violates the term of service or it's uh, just stupid or bad or whatever. Um, so YouTube has removed ads from videos that promoted anti-vaccination rhetoric and violated its ad policies. So all the anti-vaxxers' videos are being demonetized. <laughs> um, have you followed this anti-vax thing at all, Sean? 
I mean, I know about it. Yeah. I don't know uh, if there's a specific story that you're asking me if I've followed no, recently or anything, general. but oh no, I'm well aware of their idiocy. They're 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 right up there with the flat earthers, and that, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. I'm glad we're agreed on that. Um. So, YouTube has stated that um, they said we have strict policies that govern uh, the videos we allow ads to appear on. And videos that promote anti-vaccination content are in violation of those policies. So, I mean, this is this is legit. It's not that they just don't like anti-vaxxers. It's now the fun thing here is, and I thought this this would you'd like this. Um, those policies state, and this is um, from Gizmodo here. Those policies state that ads are not appropriate for YouTube videos that promote quote harmful or dangerous acts that result in serious physical, emotional, or psychological injury. That should be a hint. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think this is... <sighs> I think this is as good as you're going to get when it comes to trying... I, I think everybody needs a voice. Everybody should be able to say what they want to say. And those who want to listen to it can listen to it. But it doesn't have to make you money. So, you know, um, yeah, there's a measles outbreak going on right now in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and, you know, measles, uh, that's something, that's one of the vaccinations you, you mm -hmm. just, you get. You know? Yep. Um, the, the, by the way, <clears throat> As a side note, have you seen any of the anti-vax like memes that are going on right now? No, I don't oh, think so. There's one that's my favorite. It's a kid in a pulley. He goes, Marco, and it's a picture of the polio virus. It just po says polio. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. I like it. I mean, you know. Um, so, yeah. I. What do you think? Of, I mean, YouTube is okay in doing this, don't you think? Just in general, uh, not just with anti-vaxxers, but overall overarching when things uh, can have an effect on our society. I mean, YouTube has become such a such a voice in the world in general. I mean, it's their it's their business, you know, uh, it's their it's their platform. They can as far as I'm concerned, they can put any kind of restrictions they want on it. So, um, yeah, and see, the way I look at it is they're not taking the videos down. They're not you know, censoring them at all. They're just not paying the people for putting them up there. And you do that. You put a video on YouTube knowing that they can stop monetizing it anytime they want. Well, it also said at the beginning of the article, I believe that several of the advertisers didn't even know that their uh, products were being used to sponsor these ads. So they didn't even know they were being linked to it. Yeah. And that's an, it's an ongoing problem because so much video is uploaded to YouTube at all times that it just takes a lot for, you know, them to go through and figure out who needs to be demonetized and who doesn't. So. Awesome. Uh, Sean, so I found your next cell phone. You're gonna right. you're gonna love it. It folds in half. It's one of the new folding Ooh, phones. Yeah, flip phone. Yeah, folds in half. Flip phone turns into a tablet. Um, it's very pretty. Comes from Huawei. It's five G, and a little over two G. 
Shit. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh. Yeah, like that that does like fold out into like a, a right? big tan. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool to be completely honest. I mean, I'm I, I don't understand the drive between behind a foldable phone right offhand. Uh, because phones are so big now that you can do almost anything on them. You don't need them to fold out. But as far as folding phones go, that one looks pretty damn good. Uh, we're talking about the, uh, what do they call it here? Uh, the Mate X. And it will cost you, in American dollars, 2,600 of them. Woo! <laughs> I was complaining about my iPhone XS costing a thousand bucks. I mean, oh my gosh. So, <coughs> pardon me, uh, eight gigabytes of RAM, 512 gigs of storage, and a pair of batteries, because there's one on each side of the screen, uh, that equal 4,500 milliamp hours. I mean, still though, $2,600 for this phone. Have we gotten to the point where phones are just just becoming expensive for the sake of becoming expensive? I mean, um, is it a I new mean, prestige I... thing that they have to be a thousand dollars? Otherwise, it's a cheap phone, and you, you know, like it used to be, if you had an iPhone, you were a rich person. If you had an Android, you were a pleb. Now it seems that if you have a thousand dollar phone, you're a rich person. If you have anything less, you're buying the cheap version, and you're a pleb. I don't know. I think it's more like what you mentioned earlier when you said that people were getting over tablets. Like, I think it's just like all the gaps are being bridged and every and the market is being flooded with all of this stuff. So, like, uh, the 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 gap between a home computer and or your 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 home laptop or whatnot and your tablet, you know, uh, there are tablets of every varying size and capacity and strength and power that take you all the way up to a laptop at this point. I mean, you can have anything you want now, you know, uh, and so I think that's just what was going on here with the phones. They're just still bridging the gap between the phone and a tablet, I guess. Eventually it's just going to be like one long line of products. You know what I mean? And you can just reach in any, any, anywhere in the, in the line and say, Oh, that's, that's where I, I only need these, these capabilities. Uh, that's kind of the way I see it is, is it's all, it's all one product. We're all just talking about, do you want to, how big do you want your computer to be? And do you want it to be able to place phone calls? You know? Okay. That's that's a that's a valid point. I like that. Yeah. So at at the end of the day, that's what we're going to end up doing. We're just going to pick a size and right. Boom. Exactly. And do you want it to be able to place phone calls? You know, I mean, and and obviously, like you know, as you get larger and larger, like do you? Oh, now you need a disk drive. Oh, okay. Well, now you're going to have to move into a laptop. You know, that kind of a thing. Uh, and, and especially when I see like this phone and how it folds out and it just becomes like this perfectly square little tablet like that. And it's like, oh, well, damn, you know, you really are just a tablet at this point. If they put a third one on there, it would be an iPad. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, so on to super expensive phone uh, phones that fold in half. Uh, to a new phone from Nokia. Uh, Ooh, Nokia. I know, right? Always a fan of Nokia. I know you are. That's why I put this in here. Uh, 
So it's the Nokia 9 Pure View, and it has a shitload of cameras, just a gaggle of cameras. Um, There's there's just a whole lot of dots, like all over the the back of the phone. Five cameras in total. Uh, two of those, one of those is a flash, one of them is a sensor. So uh, there are a total of five cameras on the back of this phone. <laughs> two of them shoot in uh, color. The th- other three are monochrome, so black and white. And it's basically every, when you take a picture, every camera goes off. They all take different exposures, different color gradings, things like that. Merge them into one single photo and output that to your phone. Is that why I need three different monochrome cameras? I don't even understand. Well, I'm, I'm assuming in some way this makes a better photograph. It makes it more pristine or clear or what? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, there's usually way more as far as just digital information. There's uh you know, a lot more detail in a black and white photo. That's why they always look so gritty, you know, so gritty, basically. Uh, so if you take a black and white photo and you take a color photo and they're exactly the same, you can actually impose the details of the black and white photo onto the color photo. Okay. And, you know, get a little more detail out of it. Uh, okay. It, so this shoots all these cameras at once, taking different parts of the frame, different uh, exposures and things like that, puts them all together. Uh, if you're shooting in raw DNG with this thing, which, let's face it, if you're buying a phone that has five cameras, you probably are because you're probably a photographer. Uh, it takes around 10 seconds to process a photo. Um, it's not They say it's not final. It might be faster. But for right now, this is what The Verge is saying, is that it's 10 seconds. Um, so when it says 10 seconds, does that mean like sh- like like shutter time like no. the, your subject has to stand there for 10 no. seconds is this back, no, you... back to the old west where <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you have to pull the cap off the front and get under the hood in the back uh yeah right people couldn't smile in photographs because it was just too painful to hold a smile for that long <laughs> That's awesome no it is just it's just the processing so you take the picture and then you don't get to look at it for like 10 seconds uh, um, okay. J- uh shoot faster um you know that's the compressed image format but you know hey uh so uh, let's see here it has a fingerprint sensor and a face unlock system six gigabytes of ram 128 gigs of storage and an ip67 waterproof rating uh display itself is 5.99 inches you couldn't square out that last hundredth of an inch huh uh nokia just make that even six <laughs> uh 2k o- uh old OLED panel, um, thirty-three twenty milliamp hour battery, uh, no headphone jack, <laughs> and it is a glass and metal sandwich with Gorilla Glass on the front and back. This is uh, interesting. Here, uh, it'll be available in March, uh, and price will depend on market. But it'll sell in the U.S. for six hundred ninety-nine dollars, not as much as I would expect. Hmm. I would expect that to be more expensive with so many cameras. So, I don't know. Kind of looks cool. But whatever case you get for that is just going to be a nightmare. What's that? Uh, <clears throat> what's the fear of holes? You remember what that's called? <laughs> no. The fear of holes? Oh, yeah, there's a hole. I mean, I'm sure there's a name for it. Trypophobia. Yeah, trypophobia, I think. Yeah. 
or tripophobia maybe Uh, i don't know it's one or the other here but it's uh yeah the fear of holes so if you have if you have that you know you're you're not you're not you're not gonna have you're not gonna want to use this because it's just full of holes it just the case is gonna look like a lotus blossom So now, and now time for movie news. Sean, go ahead. So this one, it's actually more of a TV story, but it's a TV movie, and we didn't have anything else to have in the movie category today, <laughs> so I threw it down there. And I know that you'll be excited about this one. Uh, back in 2017, of course, we were blessed with the television movie uh, Psych the Movie, which was, of course, a revival of the Psych television show uh, in, in movie form. And since then, it has been discussed on whether or not there will be a follow-up to that film. And the USA Network coming back around to the USA Network again uh, has officially greenlit the sequel, and we will receive later this year a two-hour follow-up to Psych the Movie. Production is now un- well, our production is underway next month in Vancouver, um, officially titled Psych the Movie Two, which will find Sean and Gus going back to where it all began, Santa Barbara. Uh, and specifically to help out Lassiter in a Lassie-centric storyline. Um, and if you recall, when Psych the Movie debuted in 2017, it was when Timothy Omenson, who plays Lassiter, was recovering from a stroke. And he was actually only able to appear in a, a cameo during that film. So uh, everybody is coming back for the sequel, and as well as he – and it will it will be a, a storyline really centered around him. So, cool. Yeah, I think that's awesome. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch rewatch them all. There were like f- four or five seasons in there, wasn't there? Uh, at least I think it might have been. Yeah, I'm gonna say five if I had to guess. No, there were like eight. Eight, really? Yeah, wow. eight seasons. Oh, wow. Okay. Eight awesome. seasons and a television movie, and now a second television movie. So That's what you get when you're a cult hit. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Let's see here. And now we go to LOL OMG WTF. Was that? This is uh this is kind of more interesting than anything. <clears throat> the Verge has an article here uh, about a website called thispersondoesnotexist.com. Basically uses an AI engine to generate endless fake people. Okay. So you go to thispersondoesnotexist.com, okay? It just shows you a picture of a person. That person does not exist. Not a real person. An AI engine puts the face together. And some of them are noticeably chopped together. They, yeah. they look like it. But if you keep refreshing, there are some of these faces 
that, I mean, they could, I don't know. I mean, they look just like normal photos of people. So, I mean, it's incredibly interesting to me when someone programs an AI that can do something like this, that understands, you know, enough about the human face and different features of it to be able to put together a, you know, an un- basically an Uncanny Valley version of it. Sure. I mean, I, mean, I just find this really cool. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them look very real. I, I haven't really noticed one yet that I think is like, oh, this is clearly yeah, jacked see, up. Some of them have lines in them and all kinds of stuff that are. Oh, uh, see, I haven't seen one of those yet. Yeah, you see some artifacts sometimes, but I mean, that's like one in—I'd say one in ten has an artifact that ruins the picture. Uh, maybe two in ten have an artifact outside of the person, like in the background. Right, but. Man, some of these are just wild. Yeah. It's very cool. I like it a lot. It's it's not, you know, not crazy, but it's just cool that AI can do stuff like that. <clears throat> so go over there, check it out, and refresh through a f- couple times and just revel in the fact that us as humans can create things like that. And that none of these people exist. And that nobody will see on that website exists in real life (laughs) which is super awesome to me i don't know why all right uh let's see here next flicks so we give uh 2019 february and we'll be going through movies from the 25th to about the 8th of march holy crap it's already march that is just crazy so let's see all right, there's not a whole hell of a lot. Let's see. March 1st is going to be our first day. And I know Sean is really going to like this first one. <clears throat> see how far I can get. <sighs> Try it. Tyler Perry's a Oh, next. <laughs> next. <laughs> he has to put his name at the beginning of everything. If he did do that, I could have got through maybe a couple more words. Yeah, because as soon as you heard Medea family funeral movie you would have been done god tyler perry why dude why all right <laughs> a shit ton of money that's why that's true i don't blame him for that this is true um let's see lots of limited releases on that uh okay well that's limited it's a romance it's rated r we're gonna talk about that one <laughs> all right <clears throat> Climax. I'm intrigued. Sophia Batella. Storyline. A dancer participates in a no-rules forest sexual adventure. What? <laughs> That's it. That's it? That's it. It's a romance. Now I'm really intrigued. A rated R romance. <laughs> wow. All right, uh, let's see here. Now we are going on to, wow, nothing in between the 1st and the 8th. All right, March 8th. <clears throat> so on March 8th, we have Captain Marvel. Woo! Nice. Uh, Brie Larson, Samuel Jackson, Ben Middleston, Jude Law, Clark Gregg. Uh, nice. 
follows Carol Danvers, an Air Force pilot whose DNA is, is fused with that of an alien during an accident. The resulting alteration gives her the superpowers of strength, energy projection, and flight. Cool. I like that synopsis. Yep. I'm excited to see this one. I am too. I I have several people asking me if I was interested in going to see it. Some of them aren't. Uh, just because they don't know the character, they're not interested in the character. I told them, even if you're not necessarily interested, you might want to at least check it out. Uh, I was notoriously not interested in the Guardians of the Galaxy until it came out, exactly. and then it did. And I was like, oh, damn, this is awesome. Exactly. Because this new take on the way Marvel is doing movies really spices up some of these characters. So, All right. Um, and that is it. Very, very light on the movies. Very light. The next couple of weeks. So, yeah, hopefully we weren't planning on going to the theaters. <coughs> Pardon me. Sean, what the hell are you up to? Oh, once again, not too much. Uh, I did finish uh, a new audio book recently. It was entitled Another Stupid Spell, Another Stupid Trilogy, book one, uh, written by Bill Riccardi and narrated by James Patrick Cronin. Uh, it was... Not an uh, not a literary RPG uh, like you know boxy T Morningwood or anything, uh, but it was definitely very RPG centric. You know they didn't go over levels and things like that like they do in in the in the boxy series or anything. But uh, it, it, you know it took place in a fantasy universe and it was kind of a fun a funny silly story about a, a an orc and the race of orcs in that universe. Uh, you know they can they can cast magic, but when they do, it makes them dumb. Uh, and, and this one particular orc just spends his entire day casting one spell that, cause he learned a spell that makes him just a tiny bit smarter. And so he can, he can cast that spell and by casting that spell, just essentially negate, uh, the curse that, that he has, uh, but he never gets, so he never gets any dumber, but he never gets any smarter either. And, uh, and, and he just toils away all day long, casting this spell over and over and over again near a device that when magic is used near it, uh, it performs daily work for his orc tribe. And so that's just like, kind of like his slave duty is to just sit there and cast the spell over and over and over again. And, uh, through, you know, a series of events, he ends up being able to grow his intelligence and leaves his tribe and ventures out into the world and, and becomes an adventurer. Um, it was a fairly amusing and entertaining book. It wasn't nearly as clever or amusing as, uh, the boxy books or even the, the books that I talked about recently with the, with the teddy bear, which were very similar to the boxy, uh, T. Morningwood stories as well, just without the cringe factor. Um, the the points in the book where the orc does not have his intelligence are narrated as if by an orc with no intelligence. Huh. And so it gets really obnoxious really quick. Uh, and that's how the book starts off. And so for like the first chapter or two, it's, it's, you know, you're being read to by an orc with no intelligence. And it's, it's very, it got on my nerves real quick. So I was very excited when he learned to, you know, grow smarter. Um, 
So uh, I, I would uh, I would warn anyone uh, in, in in those regards if they if they pick up the audible version at least maybe it's better when it's in the written word. <laughs> All right. Uh, other than that, uh, last night we began season two of the Netflix original Big Mouth Nick Kroll's animated series on there about, uh, you know, childhood and puberty and, you know, all the fun stuff that comes along with that. It's a it's a really entertaining uh, uh, look at that whole period of your life <laughs> uh, through the eyes of a bunch of crazy animated characters on Netflix. So uh, we got through first couple episodes, maybe three or four of that last night. Um, probably finish it up today. Awesome. Cool. Um, I have not been doing a whole hell of a lot either. Uh, I did buy a new mouse, um, got a new mouse. Uh, it's the Logitech MX Master S2. Beautiful mouse. Nice and big for my big paw. Um, connects to three different devices and all that good junk. It's it's cool. Um, if you got if you're a if you're a video person or you just really like to have a bunch of buttons on your mouse, check it out. It's cool. Uh, I sent you a text after I played a new game, Star Trek Bridge Crew. Yeah, I ignore most of your texts. I know you so. do, and that's okay. It's really just self serving for me. Uh, so. Star Trek Bridge Crew, it's either VR or on regular computer. You don't have to have a VR headset to play it. That's new. Uh, But basically, you take on the role of a member of the bridge crew on a Federation starship, and you fly the ship on missions. Uh, You could be captain, helm, uh, weapons, or tactical, I guess, uh, or engineering. Um, And you, I mean... You, you can play multiplayer and call out to your friends and say, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that, so on and such forth. Uh, or you can play single player as the captain and, um, you know, issue commands to your crew. I don't know about the single player on PC, if you can do it, but on the headset, uh, the VR headset at least, it does use Watson to interpret voice commands. So you can issue voice commands. Um, it feels really cool when you're sitting in your desk chair playing this and you say, you know, set course for blah, 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 charge warp, engage. You say that engage, you feel so damn important. It's like, and make it so works too, by the way, in case you're one of those people. Um, so, and this, this isn't the Star Trek game that's available in like the Xbox marketplace, is it like, cause I know that there's a Star Trek game, like Star Trek online or some kind of game. No, that I could, it's not Star Trek online. I'm not sure if it's even Star Trek online. I, I know I downloaded and played some version of a Star Trek game on the Xbox marketplace, but uh, I doubt it's this one. <laughs> it was once again, anytime I play a game like that, it was, it was too much for me. You know, uh, I got through like creating my character and you know into like the training missions and was just like yep this is too much can't uh, can't handle it no. and i invested i invested like two hours in creating a character and getting into a training no. level and that was about it that's not this at all um that is star trek online this you don't okay. create a character you just start playing um it's available on playstation 4 and windows so that's pretty cool it's fun uh other than that i have been while well, i did binge watch the Netflix original, The Umbrella Academy. 
Uh, I took was, a look at that last night. Looked at the trailer for it. It looks pretty neat. It is very good. The music is amazing. Uh, very good soundtrack choice. Uh, it, it's a little slow. <clears throat> I, well, see, it's not necessarily slow. I guess you're, it's one of those shows where you're purposely clueless for the first few episodes. Like things are happening, but you don't exactly understand them, and you're not supposed to. Sure. So you do have to get through a couple episodes before it really hooks you in. Um, but I I thought it was a very, very interesting show. Um, definitely left it open for a season two. Uh, there's more comics involved. So, you know, obviously, and I think it might still be getting written. So hopefully we get another season. Uh, it'll be super, super interesting. And is this is this based on a comic book series or? It is, Yeah. Uh, I believe it's a Dark Horse series. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was based on a comic book series. It just was, this was them getting away from Marvel, so. Uh, Let's see here. Umbrella Academy. It is Dark Horse Comics, yeah. Gotcha. So, if you want to read the comics, they're out there, too. Um, I actually, I picked up a bunch of them. I'm going to start reading them now that I've watched a show. I like, uh, I like getting turned on to new stuff. Why not? So, uh, that's all we have for you for this episode, guys. Uh, it's a pretty, you know, Mobile World Congress is still going on technically. So, uh, next episode, we might have some recaps of some of that, but I think it's pretty much just going to be not just with phones and phones that, fold in half and are way too expensive and who knows so we'll have to wait and see uh i don't have anything for you to sign off with today sean because i just i just don't care about you and your feelings that much so (laughs) you almost lose it there (laughs) yeah all right well everyone join us next week (sighs) yeah that's about it Sean why don't you hit the theme music button do it what are you fucking waiting for finally Jesus I'm gonna have to fire you and get some I should have just hung up and been like there's your theme music Got your theme music right here.